I am your host, Jonathan Andre Culleton, and today we have a film that might make y'all ask, why are they doing that? Why is that on the TCU? Well, it's got two differently gendered narrators and a gendered word in the goddamn title, so you know what? We're doing good, fellas. The 1990 Martin Scorsese film stars Ray Liotta, Robert De Niro, Lorraine Bracco, and Joe Pesci as a few wise guys and a mob wife who are in a real-life adventure full of death and just a ton of cocaine. Well, folks, today's film is brought to you by today's guest, who is the first person on the show to say, hey, do you want to do Mysterious Skin? Oh, actually, never mind. I'd like to do Goodfellas. Iconic. He is a fellow screenwriter and a NYFA grad, and he recently, congratulations, got married. It's Max Leakey. Welcome, Max. Hi, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Of course, good to have you on today. Um, we had uh, met at the mixer, as I mentioned many times, and like to shout out uh, Jack and Tuck for putting that together. Uh, we we met there, and uh, if you are listening and you're a trans mask person in the uh, LA area in the entertainment industry, uh, also hit hit up the pod, and we'll bring you on there. It's a great place to meet fellow trans mask folks. That's my little public service announcement for today. Um, we're going to start our show, as always, with our nostalgia scan. Our scanner, of course, reads from 0 to 100 and is powered by the real T, so don't lie to it. But, of course, I've added cocaine. It's time to ask ourselves. <laughs> I was like, what should I add? Ooh, let's just... <laughs> He keeps adding it to stuff, his life mainly. So how much nostalgia do we really have for Goodfellas? Max, it's a machine purely made of space trash, made by a filmmaker. Would you like me to go first? Just make sure nothing's wrong with it. I would like you to go first, yeah. <laughs> no problem. Well, I have no real nostalgia for this actual film because... It was deemed skippable Scorsese by me for many years. I was like, I don't have time. Very wow. disrespectful. Very disrespectful. So, however, I have a ton of nostalgia for Good Feathers, which is an Animaniac skit of the same dialogue. <laughs> and I really thought that was funny when I was a kid. And I knew it was based on the movie. And everybody knew that dialogue. So... It's just really funny if you want to, you know, bring up that uh, YouTube, the pigeon head with the dialogue. Um, outstanding. Alright, we did it. Yes, Pesto, you are one swell bird. What do you mean by that? Well, I, I said you're swell, that's all. You saying that I got a big head? Is that what you're saying? What am I, a bloated, puffy, round head here to amuse you? So I have actually a ton of nostalgia for that. And also for directors of the film school generation. Uh, Spielberg, Oliver Stone, Francis Ford Coppola, um, Martin Scorsese. So I love those guys. I'm reading it about a 35, though. What about you? Scanning. Um, 
I am just gonna be so honest, and it's like it's like fully a hundred for me. Mm-hmm. This is this is like my favorite favorite movie. Um, yeah, it's my favorite of his movies. I my second favorite of his is Casino. Um, okay, there's just something about it that yeah i don't know what it is there's just something about it for me that i'm like this is so cool like i wish i could like describe it better but i'm like this is just so cool this is so slay something about it i found them to be an accessibility to this this martin scorsese film that reminded me of one of my favorites new york new york um so it it really i feel like there's an accessibility almost to the characters there's not so much of a wall up with them you're really getting the personal story so maybe that was part of it for you yeah i felt i don't know like one of i feel like a lot of people they love like wolf of wall street like that's their Mm -hmm. like vibe with him and i have a hard time accessing that movie like i just there's just something for me that's just not really like i just don't vibe that's with it so I fair i've tried it a few times and i just there's a point there's a point where i'm like i feel repelled like i just can't do it mm. and i know that's kind of the point but i just can't um and um i don't know like with this it feels even in the like craziness and the like excess and the like violence and the whatever and how wildly different it is from my life and unless there's something sure i don't know about your life something Um, you don't want us to know yeah (laughs) um it just feels like there's like a grounded aspect to it and like i don't know like it I'm like, okay, like, even though I can't really relate to what these people are actually, like, going through on their, like, daily lives, like, there's something about them that I can at the same time relate to. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It it feels like a family sort of drama in the same sort of way that it is about, like, the mafia, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I think Karen is a big part of that. Mother. <laughs> I love her so much. She literally like instantly became one of my favorite characters in cinema. I was like, is she like Sagittarius or Leo? Like what's happening with her need for <laughs> like she uh, we'll talk about it, but she I think she's fascinating and you can read her a few different ways. You can even read yeah. her as like an unreliable narrator, like yeah. to herself. <laughs> Literally to herself. To herself. I love when the dude at the end is like, Karen, shut the fuck up. I listened to the like things. Like, I talked you talked it. about cocaine, Karen. Yeah, What's up? Like it's so funny. Um <laughs> Like, I feel, I have so much empathy for her, but at the same time, I'm like, girl, you are, like, right along on this journey with your man, so, okay. But, yeah, no, she's mother. I know that what you said 
before you know when we were um putting together which uh, which movie you were going to do um you said that this movie has you know ties to your transition so i think that's you know to your your um learning of masculinity maybe um I don't know how you would interpret it, but I'd love for us to also keep that in mind for you to speak on that, um, because I think this is a fascinating movie to say anything marginally like that about. Um, but I totally get it. Yeah, no, I definitely, I'm like, yeah, when I was first transitioning, I watched this movie and I just went out and killed people. No, yeah, like, totally. um, that night. I think... <laughs> Like, not to be fake deep or, like, read too much into, like, this, but there's a few different things about it for me that kind of tie into that. Like, I, I don't know, like, I'm obviously trans and I'm also gay and, like, very gay and I'm very much, like, into the things that most gay men are into so like like my interests are very much in line with like most gay men right rupaul's drag race and <laughs> i'm actually not into drag race but like no like, i'm actually not that's like the thing that i'm like not but like pretty much everything else like i yeah. like i love like there's like certain movies where just like i'm like i have like a often more masculine leaning into movies um and I don't know um I don't recall when I first watched this but it was like shortly after I transitioned I want to say and something in it just kind of like clicked in my brain it was kind of like oh where has this movie been all my life and in the way that we perform our masculinity mm -hmm. like these guys are very much doing that especially you see henry doing it you mm -hmm. very much see henry doing it and you see him especially like observing all these other guys like yeah. henry very much an observer and i think we as like trans men we are always observing other men mm -hmm. like how they are like acting, performing, whatever they're doing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, how do I emulate that? And I don't know, there was something so relatable in that. And Henry, like, he doesn't even necessarily talk a crazy amount in those group scenes with the other men. Um, you just kind of often see him just kind of like looking and like taking things in and i just really was like okay that's very interesting mm -hmm. and i don't know there's just something about that that i really related to and probably wasn't super aware of even the fact that i related to it like this is just mm -hmm. something that i've like become aware of in the past maybe year or so um so there's that part of it and then also um there's the fact that like Jimmy and Henry aren't Italian, so they can't be yeah. made. And they're yeah. always going to be on the outside. Right. And I'm like, that is so like trans. Hard. <laughs> yeah, that's so trans. I'm like, oh my God, like Henry's trans. Um, <laughs> Jimmy's trans. Um, but like, <laughs> that is very much like 
we can relate to an aspect of that feeling, obviously. So sure. like, I don't know, I just, uh, it's like you're in it, but you'll never be like in it, in it, like fully. Right. So I don't know, I, 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 those things like I think are, um, yeah, those, those are things I related to. Totally. Well, I, I'm gl- glad to have that perspective because um, I do think everybody has that film. So as we're listening to this, it's Goodfellas for Max, but you know, it might be, but I'm a cheerleader for you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> we all get it from somewhere. Um, so we'll get into our synopsis. Now this is based on a true story um, and we are, we're going to, you know, follow it right until, spoiler alert, the witness protection. So, you know, that shit's not going to end up very well. But we have these narrators that seem to be separated from it um, by, by some time, you know, from the actual um, happenings of it. So we have this sort of reflective narrator and we're in New York, 1970. We start seeing these, you know, guises. Um, who have uh, a guy in a trunk, very obviously. Um, These are our three main guys, uh, Ray Liotta, Robert De Niro, and Joe Pesci. And it turns out that this guy's still alive. Um, So we see see them uh, confirm kill him, and then we immediately flash back, and we're in Ray Liotta's childhood. This is Henry. So immediately I was like, Henry, what kind of name... (laughs) (laughs) but that was just my read um and like a (laughs) non-friendly name (laughs) i'm kidding um but he dreams of being a gangster very immediately he's like whatever that is i want it even though he sees this dynamic already with polly um and the guys on the street like not even really being able to joke around the way that they wanted to just because somebody's like in a bad mood (laughs) that night so but he sees it he's like whatever that is it's better than what I have um and also want to keep an eye on the fact that like Henry's gonna fully enter into like this life of crime and I think that's super queer too um breaking the rules of society um and then being in this other realm where there are your own rules or whatever it's a pretty queer community to me so um we'll keep an eye on that but uh he starts working as a valet and he it's for the cab stand i guess i didn't really understand it's a cab stand with valet yeah, I didn't really get it either. <laughs> okay, like, good. You've seen this movie a bunch and you don't understand. There are okay. some things that I still don't get. I also have this book. Um, I think it's called like Made Men, and it's like mm-hmm. all about this movie, and um, it made me understand a lot of things more. But there are still things that when I watched the movie, like when I was watching it in preparation for this, I was like having to ask like my husband a couple like yeah. questions about still <laughs> like. I'm the kind of person to watch like movies and just like there are things that I like, literally just don't get because I'm like I'm not the smartest person. But <gasps> Max, <laughs> it's true. Um, Max is like, no, really, no, no. really, no, seriously, <laughs> seriously. Um, I'm coming out to say that that's harder than coming out is anything else. It's true. Um, right. But yeah, no, there. <laughs> there are um, aspects of this movie that I still don't 
quite get but I'm just like whatever like it's fine it's like I feel like it could have been both or something people dropping off their cars I don't know people taking cabs from there to go out from them I don't know but anyway so he's checking in these cars and he sort of starts like you know doing doing extra things you can see they're really like oh yeah he's useful um and the parents immediately well, not immediately, because the mom is from Sicily, and at first she's like, maybe it's okay. But very quickly, since he stops going to school, he gets in trouble. But this is really key. His dad beats the shit out of him, and he's like, I don't really care. And I think part of that is also the freedom of breaking out of the rules of society, that normally your dad beating the shit out of you would be like, my day is horrible and everything, but he is impervious to it in a lot of ways because he has this like talisman of the way he's going to get out of being the one beaten down. Um, so for a while, <laughs> at least the, um, then we see, you know, he's getting into different uh, protection relationships with the mob already because the mailman delivered the, the paperwork from the school saying that he hadn't been in in a while and they go and beat up the mailman and make him basically stop delivering anything from the school. He stops delivering everything altogether because he's scared shitless. So that this is tied into this idea that um, they tell us about in the movie, which is that the mafia exists to be protection for people who can't go to the cops. So even in a macro sense, like this society outside of society, because these this these things in the larger society are non-functional. And you can see that because the cops get into bed with the mafia all the time. So who's protecting who and what is all of this for? Um, so that's that's happening in something that is enticing to Henry. He actually he likes that. He likes the the suit that he's <laughs> that he's given which his mom is like what this is of course also a full gender moment um having your first suit which weirdly enough i still haven't had i've never bought a suit and like got it tailored so it's a it's weird how? choice how have i not yeah every, every time i go to premieres and stuff i wear something like quirky not <laughs> dressed up um, I guess I just got my first suit because I just got married that's why I was like you must have a suit Max this is when this is when Jimmy Conway enters and Lord when Almighty enters. <laughs> Robert De Niro is playing 28 years old um Spinning image of me at 28. Let's suspend our belief for a minute. <laughs> I'm dead. Uh, they didn't have the didn't have the age regression um, then, but they had something, and it, I think they just threw a wig on him or dyed his hair. But um, <laughs> pretty pretty lazy. So this is when you know Jimmy is Jimmy's a little bit older. I guess Henry is like late high school. And he's selling cigarettes, and it's he's doing it with what's um Tommy is Joe Pesci's character, and Tommy's there too. So they're both coming up at this real 
young tender age. But of course, as you noted before about the Irish thing, Tommy is 100% Italian, maybe even 100% Sicilian. <laughs> so he's, he's in and, uh, they, you know, they get busted. Tommy goes and, and alerts the guys and then Henry goes to court and he gets off and he, he doesn't squeal, which is essential. And Jimmy says, you know, never rat on your friends and always keep your mouth shut, which are, of course, two man lessons, right? He, no matter what. <laughs> and if you break that, then forever you're considered the guy who can't handle whatever this or that. Um, I don't deal with that vibe too much being really ensconced in the queer community. Like, I try to keep this toxic man very far away from me, but I think it's very true that, like, there's cer certain, like, mentalities that cis males are taught really early to be, like, loyal to other men as a tribe, and the other things are the things that you lie to, you know? It's, like, yeah. disturbing to me. But it is, it is. It feels um, very so, fratty. It feels very what? Feels very fratty. Very um, fratty. Yeah. yeah. A place well, where, according to porn, stuff ends up gay anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's also an interesting moment because it's like this. I mean, when if you know when you know what happens later, it's just ironic mm. because. It's just, you know, it's like a foreshadowing of like, totally. oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the whole thing, like you even start to um, believe it for one second that there are some things that are sacred. There are ways of being made, but there's not. They killed a made guy. So <laughs> <Yeah>. who gives a fuck? But um, so here's where, you know, we fast forward to them being Ray Liotta and Joe Pesci. And they're doing things like stealing a truck, um, which then there's that guy, the truck driver runs into the diner and makes that super casual accusation against like black people that weren't even there. <laughs> I like that was the victim of the crime, like literally. <laughs> Racism is just like a lizard eating its own tail. Like, this is awful. Yeah. So, to Tommy um, also does the funny guy bit um, at this part of the movie when they're at dinner. They have this very famous dialogue about, like, what, no, what do you mean? Do you mean I'm funny, like, funny? Or how am I funny? And it's like, you're hilarious. I don't know what's wrong with you. Um, but it turns out that this is just like funny a how. <laughs> funny how do I amuse you? Um, <laughs> he is fucking with Henry, but he's also testing him. It's like what a vibe. It's like, <laughs> it's, yeah. And it gets, and it's like scary because it's like, it's a really good character moment because mm. you see how fucking weird <laughs> Tommy yeah. is. Because it's like, he's like, 
it's funny, but it's not. And it like is, but it isn't. It would be maybe funny in like a different situation if he didn't have a gun right there and he wasn't prepared to use it on anyone at any moment because he's a hothead and he's scary and oh he God, is man. yeah because then you see him like doing really intense violent shit to people like before and after this moment too so it's like henry would have reason to be scared even if they are besties and like yeah so it's i don't know it's it's a really good scene because it's like there is a moment where Henry does know he's fucking with him, but you're kind of like, does he know? And it's like kind of yeah. like, uh, or does it matter yeah, if he is or not at a certain yeah. point with Tommy? Because yeah. he'll get confused and just shoot you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really you could see how joking around could turn into something like really dark-sided and weird. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah, death. Um, yeah. So <laughs> usually death in this movie. Um, this is this is also where we get a, a clue into um, how devastating these relationships with the mob are. The restaurant owner is coming over and he's like, he says this line about he's treating me like a half of a fag, <laughs> half a fag. Okay, um, and then also like treating me like you know, a bisexual. <laughs> exactly yeah say the words so <laughs> that restaurant is of course being taken over by these mafia people i mean like they don't want people don't want to be there if there's gonna be something going down or it's just the whole vibe it's like stay away from them the moment you get in with them things start to go bad and we see the rapid progression that they get into business with polly at this restaurant the restaurant starts to go down because you, know, you can't pay the payment for Polly and pay for a restaurant. The overhead at restaurants is ridiculous. So he's like not, you know, not uh, uh, not making any profit. Then in the in the red, and finally, of course, they burn the place down for the insurance money. And he's like, it's just such a shame. So that's sort of microcosm of like the entire. Uh, structure of the way that they do business um is to ruin things essentially they're not they're not helping the neighborhood which is the kind of way that they they put a face on it for everybody that they lure into this trap so at this point i was like where are the women and then suddenly suddenly <laughs> mother arrives <laughs> Suddenly, Karen's voice, who don't even know her, Karen pops in, and she, she, you know, she's on a double date with him, first of all, that they don't have a good time, but clearly there's an attraction, um, because I when... couldn't stand him. <laughs> Yeah, right. This is the part where where Karen starts lying to us and to herself is like this moment, you could say. And she is angry with him for the, the second night being stood up. So she goes to where he is. He says he d didn't get the date right, but we know that that's bullshit. And he gives her just like a crock of shit. And she buys it and is kind of like smiling at the end is like, all right, all right. And so they they go out, they start to to start this relationship. And 
everything she's optically seeing is a clue, is a red flag that he's not on the up and up in business. He's 21 years old. I think she says 21 years old. And he's in construction. That's not a thing. And really, <laughs> not, not even at this time. Construction. <laughs> no, like yeah, they're 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 like bringing out a fresh table for them. They're um, they're making sure that everything's taken care of and immediately. So this is not this is not normal. But Karen is like he was awesome, and like I didn't think anything of it. They fall in love. Karen then this I don't know if it might be my favorite scene. And I laughed. Graham, my boyfriend, was like, why are you laughing? But when she called him from the phone, she was hysterical. And then when we saw her and she was like, I don't know, he, he, he like assaulted me. And then blah, blah, blah. All of this stuff that's like really hard to, really hard to understand. And Henry's like, okay, okay, fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just take me to him. And it's her next door neighbor. Of course, he just beats the almighty shit out of this guy and then gives with the butt of a gun which he then gives to Karen um and she's she essentially says she's horny for it at this point she's like yup I was into it um but also like this is this give is like twofold right it has this guy's blood on his gun so he's leaving having it leave his possession um, not uncoincidentally, and also it's like, here, this is how we deal with things, um, violence, so. And she's like, this is who you are, you're, like, showing me, you've shown me everything I need to know. Yeah. Like, I could cut and run at this stage, we're not, like, really, really involved, we're not married yet, we're not anything, and sure. she's like, that's hot. <laughs> the protection, and I think, it's legit to say that at this time, um, with options being what they were, um, for somebody, somebody who was just a woman, you know, like just even any woman at this time, there's limits. So I'm sure that there was a part of her that was like, I want to be protected because that's what I feel like the world doesn't do for me. So there is a part of it that's pretty hot. And as I often say, straight people are the kinkiest people in the world they're their kink of being straight <laughs> literally um uh, the biological imperative all this stuff i'm just like y'all so so she's a kinky straight person and she's loving it she's welcome to the family i'm noticing at this part i don't know if i did if i missed it but at the wedding i was like where the fuck are his parents i'm not even are they in the background i don't remember seeing them there but i feel like they must have been in the background it's a scorsese film it's like if he wanted us to know that they were there he, you know the camera would have lingered for a sec so i think it's pretty inconsequential to henry um or or the story even that that they're there it doesn't matter we see later he has a relationship with his with his differently abled brother and yeah. that's deep, but I'm sure that that means that the parents are spoken to sometimes. So it's just like, whatever, he's ensconced. Um, her, her parents, meanwhile, 
are mad because he's not Jewish. Karen is my favorite. I love that. She is, uh, she's, she's now like taking us through her life essentially in this narration too. She's like, you know, cuts like stacks of cash. Um, she's, she she signs the the width of the stack of cash for her to go shopping with and then he's like eh, and she's like bj time you know so this is the i love know, her so much <laughs> uh, she's a woman after my own heart i'll just say <laughs> but <Nah>. she's <laughs> functional in this world and she's comparing even in this narration herself to some other mob wives, i.e., you know, the woman who got upset that the police were doing their little um, search warrant that is like a, a payoff scheme anyway. She's like, just keep quiet. Just, you know, give BJ. It's like, it's, this is fine. So her whole, her whole life to her at this point is like, figured out you know i get it and i get in return this person that i'm crazy about great for now <laughs> so so then we're then we're catching up to this part from the beginning and there's the shift. <laughs> yeah it's like it, it's really interesting narratively i mean obviously we don't have to say that maddie is a genius but yeah, clearly like this is this feels really good um when these kinds of shifts often don't in movies so um so we're shifting back to this present day we're catching up with them and uh, we see him you know they kill the guy again and then they go to well first i think this is before they kill him maybe so they go to tommy's mom's house so we get we get a scene where we see an older generation of of mob woman or woman that's used to the mob i think i don't think there's it's substantiated that she's she was a mob wife but i do think because tommy had to earn way more than that um but i do think that she is really understanding of what her son does yeah she knows what's happening <laughs> she uh oh my god this was my favorite thing too she's showing them that painting and she pulls that thing straight from the ground. Like, she had it <laughs> under her nightgown. <laughs> that day, Martin, like, just forgot to go to Crafty. He was hungry, and she was like, where should I be pulling this out of? She was just like, oh, anywhere. It's my, the ground. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, there's so much about that scene that so feels so random. Like it's just so I love it though. It's one of my favorite scenes. But like, it's yeah, really no, good. It's like... <laughs> yeah, it's really it's really random, but it again, like there's moments in this, this movie that feel they feel I think you said it was more grounded, but I think there's that part of that is the silliness. It's really silly. That scene is silly. It's very silly. Because also, like, I know that, like, you know, we all know who all of these actors are. And I think there's also the awareness that, like, this is his mom. Like, this is, like, yeah. this is his mom. So, like, that feels silly. It's, like, cute and silly. And then, like, there's so much dialogue in that scene that's like really funny because yes. like we know that this guy is in the trunk and the mom doesn't quite know but like she also knows that they're like 
being yes. uh, and like you know that's why we're bloody because we hit a deer and yeah uh, it's like what <laughs> yeah and they're talking about like the hooves <laughs> on the deer or whatever and like the feet on the it's yeah. so funny it's really interesting too because like he's like it's inhumane we gotta go back and kill it and i'm like this woman you're not even trusting her to know that you always carry a gun you could have just put a bullet between this this animal's eyes to put it out of its misery but um so that that's interesting but i think that also is connected to how like when karen starts you know find finding out that she's being two and three timed you know she it's it's like news to her and i'm like really so <laughs> we're obsessed so this is this is when Billy Bats does get killed. So that is a situation that we didn't even understand was so big because we didn't know he was a made guy. And that's when we learned that made guys are not okay to be fucked with. There's huge consequences if you kill one. So this is a big, big deal. Also, we learn here that Henry has a girlfriend. Henry is just like other mob guys where... He has, what is it, Friday nights are for the wives and Saturdays are for the girlfriends? Or maybe the other way around. Oh my god, I forget. <laughs> I feel like my partner, Michael, he literally says, he like literally says this to me all the time. Like, as well, a joke. ask him what his <laughs> night is and then you'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> I literally like, we always talk about this, like, because it's so funny. Um, shit, I don't remember. Um, mm. We can't go, gal. My God, he literally says this all the time. I'll do it. Oh my I'll God, cut this out. Goodfellas, Fridays, Saturdays, girlfriends, wives. <laughs> Let's see if that brings it up. Saturdays for the wives, Fridays yeah. for the girlfriends. Good to know. Um, so, so we see that and. And Polly is also at this, like, function at the girlfriend apartment. He's like, uh, hey, like, did you hear anything about bats? So they did not tell Polly. They're like, so crazy. <laughs> what? Oh, I, don't, I didn't hear anything. Like, it's weird. Nobody's talking to me anymore about stuff. So Henry's, like, having fun still. And you can kind of see that, like, with this lying to Polly comes this new phase of like just starting to lie even more. Um, the strain on things is a little bit more tense with the crime. Like he can't figure out how to keep them separate anymore. So it's like he's wrestling on the bed with, uh, I think her name is Janice, his girlfriend. And then she, she's walking out of the room and her, her friend Sandy is walking in front of him and he's like, hmm. Maybe that, maybe that too. <laughs> so um, Tommy, of course, at this time is moving into his fully unhinged era. And he shoots, <laughs> he shoots the waiter in the feet. Now, his reputation era. <laughs> his reputation era. Yeah, seriously. And it's not going to last long. But... He shoots at this guy's feet, and it's like, I mean, it's outrageous. Like, literally, like, the guy is still alive. 
And even everybody's like, what the fuck? But the guys at the table are like, all right, all right, we're moving on. No one wants to be shot in the feet by Tommy. And everybody knows that they could be. Karen now is having her like full blown. She's she's entering into her her reputation era. Her reputation era. It really she's is like, a reputation era. I'm like, oh my god, I love you. She's like full mother, full full contras, full yeah. reputation era. I love her. You know, they didn't have the polyconvo, and that I, I it's legit, legit. Uh, it's legit. Okay. She's like, but what's not legit is that she's going so mental in front of the kids and she brings them to Janice's and she's like calling her a whore, all of this stuff. And so, yeah, this is this is a lot. But again, like still my fave because absolutely don't blame her, but it's really like girl. (laughs) <laughs> just like well well part of me is going at this point he's not worth it you know at this ah. point what who cares but she's a lot more vocal than you know say diane keaton in the godfather yeah <laughs> diane's just like all right <laughs> <laughs> all right Ruined my life. Yeah, ruined my life, don't you? Close the door. It's sadder, but you can get behind Karen um, and really root for her in a less tragic way. Um, You know, her Chiron at the end is pretty good. You know, she she got out of there. But uh, so Karen, we love her. Um, Trying to get a poster. We'll see. But um, Tommy kills this uh, foot guy then. That's what happens. He's like, this, he go, they go back and the guy tells him to go fuck himself. And you're like, oh. bang, bang, bang. I have a reputation era and it didn't work out. <laughs> both of both, Right. Yeah, both, of the, both, both Tommy and Karen are going to deal with these disappointments in different ways. But Tommy deals with it with violence, of course. And then we're back to Karen. This is really Tommy Karen time in the movie. And she's like, she's like with her gun, the, his gun um, over uh, Henry, who had just been sleeping. He wakes up like that. And he's like, she's like, do you love her? Holding this gun. And he's like talking her down and eventually gets the gun. And of course, what does he do? Knocks her on her ass. And is like, I should fucking kill you and she says I'm sorry I'm sorry I can hear it in my head all the time (laughs) (laughs) devastated yeah cause she it's like unless you're gonna pull the trigger you can't do that you know she had the perfect opportunity to just (laughs) then she could have gone to the FBI My husband used to have a shirt that just had like a picture of Karen with the (gasps) gun. It was so slay. And then it stopped fitting. Yeah, or like the like the like it like started peeling, or like one of the two. Like it was one of those. That's tragic. I know. (laughs) So good. I was like, why isn't he wearing it right now? 
bringing him on the podcast. Yeah, introducing. So, but that's iconic. Yes, that's definitely like an amazing shot, um, iconic shot. And we all know, though, she's not. She's not going to kill him. The movie's not over. So, <laughs> Polly's trying to smooth everything over here because, you know, he's like, she's coming to me. I can't do this. She's <laughs> <No. laughs> like, insane. Okay. Yeah, please deal with your wife. I'm going to send you and Jimmy to Florida for a job. And that'll give everybody space. You come back. You'll be with your wife. Everything's going to be great. Well, they get picked up in Florida. And they get 10 years. So... <laughs> hazard of the job right um they they get sent up and everyone's eventually in jail including polly and jail is pretty awesome um they run the place they have a whole kitchen <laughs> it's not it's in juxtaposition to the later jail stints too it's like okay low-key this seems like like a pretty good idea um, if you're in the mob to just take a little jail vacation and Karen is going to visit she's a loyal wife still she sees that the girlfriend is on the visitation list and meanwhile Karen's like I'm having financial issues and that's because Polly wants the crime to be quiet because he's on parole so everybody's affected by that so she's like, what am I... She's losing the reasons that it's good to be married to Henry. One she's of like which is smuggling a shit into him, into the fucking this jail. Baguette. And throwing it at him. <laughs> this meat. <laughs> I don't... I don't get it. <laughs> how did... Why do they even have to sneak it in? You know? I know, I'm like, um, okay. But how yeah. are they going to transfer that? Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, iconic freak out at the jailhouse as well for Karen. And um, she says, she says, you know what? I don't want to hear about her anymore. And he's like, never, baby, never. Never going to hear about her. And this is flashing forward four years into the future. And bada bing, he's getting out. So he's on parole now and starting his criminal activity back up. They go to see Polly at this point and Henry starts to go against Polly's wishes really directly by selling coke, um, which is bad for him on a number of levels, one of which he starts abusing the, the, the coke. And that's never good. People learn your lesson. You can't try the product. So... That that friend of the girlfriend, Sandy, is fully helping out. She's she's in it, and he's, like, pretending to be in love with her. He's pretending to be with her. And she has expectations of him that we hear, even through drug-addled senses. You know, we hear that she's, like, expecting him to come over, expecting him to spend time with her. So, clearly, that, that lie is pretty deep. Karen is now rocking... A full themed house with matching outfit of Asian appropriation. Um, 
not much to say about that because I don't know a lot about the design culture of that era, but I'm going to guess this was popular. <laughs> it gives very much that era. Like, I feel like it just, it gives so that era. I'm like, it just feels so fucking like, it, there's so much in the, like when it, <laughs> <laughs> like, the TV, I'm like this is so tacky like it's so tacky like what is happening right now cringe and she's like this is so slay I'm so rich like <laughs> I love my life like wow look at my glow up era and I'm like okay like it's your cocaine era um unbeknownst uh, to you <laughs> this is all coke money <laughs> and this is when also the mafia pulls off they like pull off this big heist and everyone's like super excited about it but like also loud spending is happening and this is also when uh maury who we've seen a few times he's done business with them tangentially and we see that he's getting pretty pissed because he's not getting paid for this job is like I did my part everybody else is getting paid so oh and also I want to point out here that this is we see a holiday here where Henry faintly acknowledges Karen's Judaism and it's like $12,000 or whatever you know like <laughs> cash and maybe a thousand for every day like you know it's like <laughs> she just gets <laughs> literally you can see that that's not important to him and it does speak to what about her of her person the thing that is unique to her and nobody else in this world what about that karen does he is he really into you know um because he's been an opportunist since long before he met her so they're, they're <laughs> true. no it's true i didn't even really think about that but like yeah no like <laughs> It's not like, Karen, what do you want to do? Yeah. It's like, Karen, now you're fully, like, your whole person and everything about your identity, like, has to be molded and shaped and bend to, like, uh, the fact that I'm in the fucking mob, so. Yeah. That's and I'm fucking one. some girl on the side, like. Yeah, a couple. Yeah. <laughs> so... So yeah, it's it's not good. Um, Jimmy is <laughs> is not good. It's not a positive. Tommy is then is then supposedly getting made, and already uh, my movie brain was like, well, "This is gonna be bad. <laughs> it's gonna be really really bad." Everyone's excited. Jimmy tells Henry to um, bring Maury also to the bar that night, and then he's like, Henry's like. Well, Jimmy says, like, forget about it. Like, literally, he's like, uh, don't worry about it. And then they whack him. So, like, Jimmy and Tommy and that guy who was also in Wedding Singer, um, <laughs> that guy are in the car, <laughs> and they whack him. One and of my favorite moments in this movie is when Jimmy's, like, smoking, and you <laughs> kind of see him have that, like, realization of, like, oh, maybe I can just, like, keep the money and yeah. just, you know, Kill this guy. Let's just, you know, get rid of 
This is a very Bye. inconsequential guy in the grand scheme of it to to them. And absolutely right, you're like, you're right. It's like a slow push in, um, where of realization, no dialogue. We just know this guy should stop complaining. Should just go away. Um, they always hated him too. They really they don't like him. <laughs> They're annoyed by him because he does stand up for himself sometimes. And it's like, guy, move to you know, Sheboygan, like, go away, you know? This is not the right town for you. So, Maury's wife also finds out about this and shows up to Henry's. Like, find, well, finds out that he's not coming home, which is not a Maury thing. She's like, that's not like him. What's happening? And so then, basically, all these people just, like, die to cover up this robbery and then the murders from the robbery, so, which is how the mob works, it's just like covering up the cover up for the cover up. So, we find out also distinctly that this is the part where we find out about the Irish blood. So, it's like, okay, well, Tommy's being made, they can never be made, and their best bet is to be under Tommy's protection as a made man. So there's all this, and there's tension in these scenes. Like, Henry's like, I'm worried about all this stuff. Jimmy tells him not to be worried. Tommy comes in and is like, oh, what is he worried about? Don't be worried. So everyone here is just like, glug, glug, glug. Like, I'm just drinking up this Kool-Aid. Like, I don't know, you know, what else to do at this point. <laughs> we're, we're knee deep. Um, and instead of being made, of course, Tommy is being killed. Jimmy finds out about this. He's like, what the fuck? They killed they killed him. How could they? And then, uh, and then Henry, to your point earlier, very sideline. Oh, fuck. Oh, oh, fuck. He's just like, wow, wow, wow. And so... He doesn't was... even have, like, an actual emotional reaction. He, like, struggles to even comfort his, like, friend. Like, literally, <laughs> this is, like... I I don't know. It's it's Jimmy's scene is really what it is. Like I love mm. how it I love that scene so much because like he's like I don't know, Robert De Niro's not really like a crier. Um right. like, he struggles to cry in things. Like it's really in this and like silver linings that I've like seen him do it. Um and like I I don't know, he I just I'm like he it's really not his bag. It's not, and he does so well in that scene. Like, just you really—he's so happy, and then he's really not. Um, yeah, I feel like fucked. Yeah, it's there's a there's a depth that it lends uh, lends us in a moment that then is taken back when Jimmy realizes what standing he can have, kind of with this vacancy almost. Um, so, it, it, but it's an important moment for it to be like, okay, that might have really hit him hard and then hardened him, you know? Yeah. So um, this is when Henry also is like, okay, I'm going to get some guns and some Coke and uh, get in my car. And there's like a helicopter flying around. <laughs> He's like, that's, uh, that's for me. And he goes, picks up the brother and at the hospital, he keeps seeing the helicopter. He escapes with Karen to her mom's house. They like hide the guns. Karen's stressed and she's doing coke. Henry is juggling like everything out in the open now. It's like everybody's in on it, whatever. Um, a, a lot of stuff just really happens really fast. It's like, um, I said like, 
but Lois makes this phone call. That's Maury's wife, right? Lois, Lois is the babysitter. The babysitter, and, right. And oh my like, God, right. Whatever you do, just don't make a call from the house. She's like, oh my God, I know. Yes. Shut the fuck up. Like, oh my God. And then like, what does she do? She makes a fucking call. Two seconds later. Yeah. There's something wrong with this person in terms of her ability to do crime. It's just like, no. So, she, so he gets home and is like, and Lois is like, I gotta go. I need my another, hat. My, another favorite scene. I've gotta get my hat. And she won't fly without her hat. And Karen says, a hat? And <laughs> it's so unserious. It's so unserious. Like, what is happening? It must be true. It must be true. So, so that's, that's when the police, um, which is a hunky bear, um, is like, freeze everybody. Like, you know, the, the, the jig is, jig is up and Karen, um, tries to flush the drugs, which, oh no, oh no. I feel like no. I'm the same thing in her position. I'm like, what else is she supposed to do? I don't know. She be, assume they had much more than those bags of drugs on him assume that the drugs themselves would have been a few years and it didn't even matter but may but you're you're right it's like who who's to say in a panic moment um what we all would have done but uh all these sort of like uh amateurs you know are working on this now so it's kind of like what do you expect um they don't know the procedure for what happens if this happens um, Henry is sent to some serious jail time, Karen's, uh, or some serious jail, uh, where he's being held and Karen's mom puts the money up for this bail. So I think she leveraged her house. It was bad. She like, did. She's bad. That That's, you know, that she has been annoyed for years at the she fact that her daughter even married this guy. It's bad. So his plan is then to like get out sell dope um that the cops didn't find and she then says she flushed it he's obviously Karen that was all we had <laughs> that was all we had that was all we had so it's like do they still love each other like what's happening here um <laughs> you know like what what's keeping them together now um sheer necessity uh familiar <laughs> Henry then goes to, yeah he, yeah adopting you know the the situation as normal um so that when things like this happen it's like it's a bad time but it is still within the realm of their normalcy so Henry goes to Polly and shit is tense Polly gives him a lot of cash says he's got to turn his back on him now Karen goes to see Jimmy and she gets this feeling, so do we, that she's gonna about to be whacked. So she's like, I'm not gonna go see the dresses. Thanks anyway, bye. And she hightails it out there. Henry and Jimmy meet, and Robert De Niro, of course, puts on these glasses that make him look ridiculous, and nobody says anything. 
Um. My um, grandparents like hella had glasses like that. Like my dad's parents, like these pictures where they had glasses like that. I feel <laughs> so like this is. Uh... I think of them whenever I see him wearing those glasses. It's is very it the... era appropriate. I feel. I like. think this is too old a reference for you, but proud family. The grandma I think has glasses that make her eyes really big. There's a couple cartoon characters where it's like when they don't about, have it on, yeah. the, it's a dot. And then when they do have it on, <laughs> it's amazing. So maybe I'll do a side-by-side um, for the promo. But yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm and... like, why did we go with that? What's happening? And it's like a really serious scene too. Like we're like, this is like what is happening right now. I think there's one, two, two options. One, these glasses are so common like for that style of person that even Marty Scorsese was like, this is normal. There's nothing funny about this. Or two, it is supposed to show that Jimmy is a human that is ridiculous too. And they're all just make making believe, you know, they're all just playing these parts. So, um, and it's all kind of stupid and drummed up um, and only gets serious when people actually die. So, <laughs> so then uh, Jimmy asks Henry, to do a hit and Henry's like that's when I knew I was gonna fucking die they go into witness protection we uh break the fourth wall whoa um he's like I don't Henry's like that like, part <laughs> I honestly have to say that's the one part I don't like I, it it takes me out of it a little bit because I'm like why are we doing this now when we didn't do it for the rest of the time it just doesn't it doesn't work for me 100% exactly exactly like you're you know it's not fleabag um it's not my show bombshell available on amazon um you know we're not we haven't done it before and it's not a thing of the show so uh you're right it's kind of strange and he's like now it's over um everything sucks everyone's in prison and then we we do see (laughs) that karen and henry eventually separated um and we're happy jimmy you know is still doing jail time probably dead now i would assume i had to look it up and then i forgot um well we'll we'll see and if he gets out welcome back to society jim (laughs) (laughs) i'll get you an iphone um but anyway so we've got about 20 minutes left um and i just want to (laughs) go I just want to real quick do a few things. Um, we went over Karen a lot. Pretty satisfied with that. We talked about your gender journey. Um, and I think I think one thing that um, I wanted to talk a little bit about was just lack of actual queerness in film. What, what role does queerness actually play in this film? Um, and I think most of what we see is uh, a very um, close brotherhood, style structure that has notes of fraternity police all all those things and there's use of the word fag a lot um and it's definitely you know synonymous with stupid um useless uh those those kinds of adjectives so i think (laughs) half a fag you know I love that line. I'm like, what? 
And even in that line, he says, treating me like a half a fag, which denotes how they treat actual fags. I think it might be a blessing that we don't see them treat an actual fag this way. <laughs> but I do think it's notable that this is about, um, you know, 1970 through, you know, the late 80s. It came out in 1990. And, you know, five years later, I was in um, junior high at a Catholic school with the the you know word gay being used as a slur pretty rampantly so that was the culture that we were in where it really was this way um so it's true to life it's true to these guys but um it does denote perhaps some long-standing um problem with queerness and definitely if any of these guys were queer i don't think they'd tell anybody <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Um, even though there's no one who's gay in the movie, I'm like, what you're doing is kind of gay. I don't know. Yeah. Like, so many guys together all the time, like, with the exception of Karen, like, keeping the women out of what you're doing. I'm like, when they're all in prison together, cooking together, this is something that people, Michael and I <laughs> talked about, like, and he pointed out to me, he was like, that's kind of gay. You're just for each other and taking care of each other and like whatever and you know like uh yeah what's happening yeah, sa saturdays for the wives fridays for the girlfriends and sunday through thursday are for the boyfriends <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that's actually really true of a lot of structures um that are cis male motivated even one of my favorite things to do because i'm a sports gay is watch um anything gay happening with my baseball or basketball teams usually it's like you know uh, cup bumps um or yeah have you heard about cup bumps that no. was like the chicago cubs i think 2000 and I might be wrong about this. 2016, I think, their World Series, last World Series, um, the, that was their home run celebration was was the crotches knocking together and their cups bumping. The cups that cover their dicks. So, That's how to have sex. I know, right? Like, just do it. It's not just a Nike slogan. Um, so that kind of thing, I always am like, well, yeah, you got to get it out somehow, right? Um, you're latent need for dong um, <laughs> but so that's so that's pretty much where it stands with the film and I also want to say that like I think I touched on it a little bit but I've been thinking about it since last uh, summer's Outfest um, when I saw a trans film I think it's called Fraud if you haven't seen this film Max you should uh, look it up and everybody should should try to find it it's a film about a con woman, short film about a con woman, a uh, trans woman who is, you know, she goes, sleeps with the guys, and then she, like, memorizes their credit card numbers and all this stuff, and et cetera, et cetera. And um, Zachary Drucker did the panel for that, and um, she's always been really funny about queers and crime, but she was, like, basically like, yeah, like, do crime until things are fair and just do crime, you know? So I always think about that and the idea that crime is breaking away from rules and um, what you 
what you are told to fall into as societies to keep order. So just the idea that once they break out of that, they make their own rules. And unfortunately, they're cis men, so the rules are bad. But, um, but <laughs> you know, it's kind of this thing of like the boys club gets to make the rules and then they need other people to be in the boys club that aren't their boys because they need things like sex and home-cooked meals. Um, so that's pretty disrespectful in terms of gender dynamics, but, um, I think it's very indicative of, uh, how men, how men have historically treated women and the thing they need to grow away from, you know, it's not, it's not an adornment to your life. (laughs) So yeah. Any final thoughts that you have, Max, on the Uh, film? I don't know. Just there's so many. Each time I watch it, I get something different out of it. And Mm -hmm. like, I, it's just such an exciting movie Mm -hmm. for me. Like, and it has such a good pace despite its like length. Yeah. Um, I, I love and appreciate long movies. I don't know. I feel like there's so much complaints about like, the length and runtime of right two and a half hours yeah (laughs) throw up um (laughs) get off your fucking phone no uh but right but no like if someone is listening to this and has not yet seen this movie i hope (laughs) that um they do uh Mm -hmm. because it's worth the watch and it moves like it's 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 pretty propulsive and it's well-paced it's funny it's exciting it's dramatic and it's i don't know it's it has like compelling characters too Mm -hmm. which i find interesting like i feel like there's like a lot of movies that might have similar subject matter where the like characters to me are hard to like it's hard for me to like feel like pulled towards them but i feel very pulled towards these characters um one other thing that I want to say about this movie is I think it's so crazy that so much is made of the heist and you never see the heist. I love that. Yes. I love that so much. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, because it really is about the emotional clusterfuck that happens after the heist. Heists can happen regardless because there's always loopholes. But for them, it's about, okay, who's going to die after the heist? You know, what's the collateral damage? Um, And how in this world could anybody ever be excited to go to them with a scheme? You know? (laughs) So, hey, this is how I'm going to (laughs) die. First, I'm going to do something for you guys, and then I won't be able to be alive anymore. It's like very cut and dry to me. But maybe it also speaks to the harshness of whatever life would have been like for them not doing it. Maybe they would rather live fast, loose, dangerously, and die prematurely. But of course, I think part of the point of the movie is that Henry is not truly one of them. Because he doesn't want that. He's okay with grabbing his paper off of a suburban lawn, you know, and having this other existence even though he says he's not like he says he's not but like i'm like you were because you (laughs) did rap on your friends like and yeah like 
you say how horrible it is and that you think it's like the worst thing but like you you are okay with it because you did agree to it like yeah and um I don't know I you're right like I find that very interesting um another thing that like I kind of want to say about this is like I get kind of frustrated when people say like oh it's just glorifying that way mm-hmm. of life. I'm like mm-hmm. how literally yeah. how literally showing all of the consequences of what happens to you if you do that it's literally showing how every single person's life got fucked up or they they literally died or went to jail because of getting involved in this like even what happened to karen you know like even even though she probably has a fine life in witness protection program what could she have had you know, if a she normal life. got yeah, a normal right, and maybe that's what she didn't want. But I don't think the movie spends enough time with her at the end, you know, to yeah. know where she's really going to to end up after uh, whatever it is, what however many years it is after that, because it said twenty five years of marriage, so nineteen ninety five or whatever ninety six they divorce. You know, it's only like 10 years after, probably. Um, so she she still had a ways to go. <laughs> she was putting up with him, just talking to her for 10 years. <laughs> it's pretty crazy that they stayed together for the amount of time that they did. And I also want to know, like, what was the final, like, straw? Like, what yeah. happened? I like, wasn't attracted to him anymore. I know. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, when he wasn't being violent and crazy, yeah. I just couldn't, I couldn't. Like, Maybe it took her it. a while to fall out of love, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, pew, 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 it's game time. Today we're playing Who Wore It Best. Me and our guests will go head to head to head against the original cast and actually very specifically against Lorraine Bracco because it's a Karen specific Who Wore It Best. That's right. Max, are you ready? Yes, I am. All right. First line. The stuff they wore was thrown together and cheap. A lot of pantsuits and double knits. The stuff they wore was thrown together and cheap. A lot of pantsuits and double knits. Astounding. And now we'll hear from Lorraine. And the stuff they wore was thrown together and cheap. A lot of pantsuits and double knits. Okay, moving on to our next line. Here we go. (sighs) Superintendent, yes, I want you to know you have a whore living in 2R. (laughs) Superintendent, yes, I want you to know you have a whore living in 2R. (laughs) (laughs) All right, take it away, Lorraine. Superintendent, yes, I want you to know, sir, that you have a whole living in Toa. Rossi, Janice Rossi, do you hear me? And for our final line. (laughs) A hat? (laughs) All right, Max. A hat? (laughs) And now for Lorraine. 
Tell us who wore it best. Was it your host, Jonathan Andre Cullerton, our guest, Max Lukey, or was it Lorraine Brooks? Tell us in the post, please. We want to know. Now we'll move on to our Gender Icon Award. I'm sure you're familiar with this award, right? It's pretty famous nationally now. Uh, we give it to uh, anyone who's iconic in their gender. Gendery reminds us of our gender. It's very interpretive and can basically be given to anything from a character to wigs. So here we go, y'all. I'm going to give mine to Karen. Um, I, right? Because I... <laughs> Because I'm going to look at it like this. Karen makes a decision when she says yes to the makeup date. When she says yes to the makeup date, she is a woman in control from that point on in this one viewing of it. And her flipping out, her doing coke, her... <laughs> Hiding guns in her mom's. All of that, you know, is to be this, is in this pursuit of being iconic mob wife. And um, it's a, it's a very gender specific role where they are in their culture. And so I'm giving it to Karen. <laughs> what do you think? Committed to the bit. <laughs> For many years. She committed. For 25 years of marriage. <laughs> Yes, she did. Yeah, she did physical comedy with it. She was... <laughs> She's props. Do you disagree, Max? I don't disagree, but mine is, like, different. Okay. Not Let's, hear Let's hear it. Mine has to go to Jimmy because... <laughs> I, this is my bias coming out. I'm sure. so deeply attracted to him like that is the epitome of who i am attracted to is robert de niro at every stage of who he is at that in that movie boner for de niro no literally i have a poster of him in in the other room like from this movie um no like yeah he's my person and um shout out to your husband <laughs> but he's my person <laughs> no literally i'm like thank you jane michael for your contributions to the cause but robert De Niro is my person um no. <laughs> it's true like especially in this movie like yeah. the way that he carries himself and talks and just everything and he's just has this like embodiment of masculinity that i'm like yeah. yes i'm like don't like necessarily kill people but like but yeah. also like do <laughs> yeah exactly i'm like but also like 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 kill really people cool. for me maybe yeah exactly <laughs> so i'm like yeah like if i was karen and he was henry and handed sure. me the gun in that situation i'd be like yeah i'm yeah marriage yes <laughs> marriage children everything everything children. let's bring kids into this situation that's, that's what she did with henry that's true that's true yeah <laughs> well 
hysterical. Well, Jimmy and Jimmy and Karen, congratulations. Um, I'll find some way to communicate to these actors just how much we appreciate their iconography. Thank you so much, y'all, for joining us today. Uh, that's our show. But hey, if you just can't get enough of me, I have an announcement. Look out for my new upcoming show, the premiere of a new podcast with my beloved boyfriend, Graham Colbeans. It's called Baking in Blu-rays, where we curate a multi-sensory experience that includes physical media, cake, and puffing on that sweet bud. So join us soon. All right, thanks for letting me do that plug, Max. Uh, do you have anything that you'd like to say? Any parting words? Um... <laughs> Just thank you so much for having me on here and for um, being willing to go with the flow with this selection of movie and topic. Um, I'm so happy that I got to talk about it. Thank you so much. We'll see you later. We are out. I always get confused about the like nostalgia meter thing. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that I'm always confused about. Yes. I feel like many people get confused about it. So yeah. I love how you're you're like, I think a lot of people are <laughs> a lot of people are confused. I didn't mean it like that, but like you know what I you know.